This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. traders welcome to today's outlier live where we're going to be covering the top news stories of the day so of the top news stories of the day we have number one apple is about to hand you up to 500 million dollars next ford ceo admits hey uh, you know what their f-150 lightning truck kind of sucks and got hit with a reality check on his recent road trip and lastly the bond king has said we are in for a world of hurt in the very near future so be sure to stick around for that and let's get right into our first story apple is about to give you 500 million dollars or at least a, a small cut of that at least with their battery gate lawsuit payments, which are about to start. Um, and there's some other class action lawsuits on the horizon as well. So if you're just tuning in, my name is Christopher Yule, and I love talking about stocks and finding those outsized trades with outlier returns. And if you're interested in that too, be sure to definitely hit the subscribe button down below. And today's episode is sponsored by outlier.com. Go to ovtlyr.com to find out why outliers win. Now, let's talk about this, right? I don't know about you, but I can vividly remember, um, no, no joke, I can vividly remember actively avoiding software updates because I knew every time I updated my software on my phone or on my iPad, the experience got worse. Let me know in the comments down below if that's happened to you or, or at least hit the like button because I can't be the only one who actively avoided updates because of that. And um, in fact, I still have an iPad from 2015 that I use, not very often, but the battery is so bad at this point, it might last 30 minutes. It might last 30 minutes. So it has to constantly be plugged in. Now, it does what it needs to do, right? It runs the apps that I need it to, but the battery is so pathetic. And that is actually the center around this case here. And uh, this, some people are describing this as one of the largest consumer frauds in history. 
Uh, the article goes on to say that the company in 2020, Apple agreed in 2020 to pay up to $500 million over claims that purposefully suppressed the performance of certain iPhone models to address battery issues. Listen, ain't nobody got time to be pulling out their phone thinking that they are about to uh, take a phone call, make an important text, or maybe just serve Twitter, whatever the case you're about to do. And, hey, I just got my uh, software update last night. Oh, it looks a little bit different. That's good. And then, boom, where's all my battery, right? They actively were doing this against the iPhone owners. It goes on to say that phones were shutting down unexpectedly despite battery life of 30% or more. I can remember this happening to me. If it's happened to you, let me know in the comments down below. Uh, Rudy is here. Good to see you. April, happy Monday. Glad y'all are here live. I can vividly actually remember this. I can. I, I remember holding the phone in my hand and looking at it and, you know, I'm about to do whatever and then it just goes black screen. Let me know if that's ever happened to you. I, I, with no doubt whatsoever, remember that happening to me. And they say that it was because the hardware couldn't keep up with the increasing demands of new software updates, which is what I was just talking about, and claimed that when confronted with the issue, the company purposefully slowed down performance of the phones with a new update to reduce the number of shutdowns. Now, let's think of it this way, right? Imagine this is your car. Imagine this is your car that you rely on driving to work, right? And imagine you go and you go get a, a tune-up one day, right? They put some new spark plugs in, they change the air filters, whatever. You get your car tuned up and you decide, hey, I'm gonna head to work. I got a full tank of gas. I just filled up this morning, just like plugging in the battery overnight. I just filled up this morning. I'm gonna drive down the road. Imagine you get two thirds of the way there. It still shows 30% on your fuel gauge and then you got to pull over, your car is dead. And now you have to get, uh, you know, somebody to bring you a can of gas. What sense does this make, right? That's an equivalent analogy to how crap iPhones were becoming because of Apple purposefully slowing down their phones. What do they call that? Planned obsolescence, right? Hey, you know what? Your phone's old. We don't want you to have that old phone anymore. Come buy us and come buy, a, come buy a new phone right now. Your phone is far too old. We need to get you in a new one right now, right? Come on down to the dealership right now. We got to get you into a brand new car. We got to get you into a brand new iPhone because that one right there, it is two years old. And by, by God, that is way too old to be driving around. That's exactly what they're trying to say here. Apple admitted no wrongdoing. But yet they agreed to pay between three hundred ten and five hundred million dollars. That is, uh, you know, I, I got to say one thing. If I felt that I had no wrongdoing, I don't think I would owe you three hundred to five hundred million dollars. I I just don't feel like I would have. No. So I, I think, in my opinion, that this uh, this payout is an admission of guilt, and so maybe they're finally doing the right thing. But let's be honest here. That might be a dollar or two to the winners of the class action lawsuit. Uh, some, uh, some people had some thoughts to say over on Twitter. Uh, wait a minute. You mean you can't ruin something that you sold to someone after they bought it from you? I thought that was a, a decent tweet right there. So let me know in the comments down below. Has this ever impacted you? And, um, are you looking forward to getting a cut of $500 million? I know it's, it's quite a lot that's going to be coming your way when they probably sold 4 billion of these iPhones. But looking at the outlier data real quick, we did have a very strong sell signal back on July 13th when Apple was around 190. Uh, today we're around 174. So yeah, quite a strong sell signal that's come on on the back of this. So 
Uh, I don't know if they were looking ahead of time, saying, you know what, we better get out of this trade because Apple's about to throw $500 million around, but I do know one thing. Um, this is this does not look good for the greatest iPhone supplier, for the greatest phone supplier in the entire world. But then again, what are you going to do? Right? You gonna Are you going to go to Google? Are you actually going to go to Google? Probably not. If you got an iPhone, you're pretty built into that system. But I will say, that was pretty crap that they decide to uh, basically planned obsolesce your phone while it's in your hand. And one of the reasons why I avoided, like the plague, getting those software updates. So let's move into our second story of the day. All right, second story of the day. Ford CEO admits to a reality check when he took his electric F-150 truck on a road trip. So I recently just took my, uh, my Tesla on a road trip and it was actually great. Uh, drove down the road, pulled into a gas station. This gas station had um, all the Tesla chargers you could ever need. There were probably 16 to 20 Tesla chargers there. They had a restaurant, actually had two restaurants inside the, the nice big gas station, nice and clean. And um, honestly, the experience was wonderful. That is not at all what happened for the Ford CEO when he went on his road trip. Now, if you're just tuning in, my name is Christopher Yule, and I love talking about stocks and finding those outlier trades with outsized returns. And if you're interested in that too, be sure to definitely hit the subscribe button down below. And today's episode is sponsored by outlier.com. Go to ovtlyr.com to find out why outliers win. Yeah, Jim Farley, he went on this road trip and uh, he basically said, man, this sucks. <laughs> I understand now why there are uh, a lot of people saying that this is just not cut out what it's meant to be. No surprise charging can be a challenge. Still learning a lot, seeing firsthand the issues that our customers face. Well, the customers are facing these issues because Ford was not using the Tesla standard, not using the NACS, North American Charging Standard. And so the Ford owners, when they go to charge their pickups or Mach-E's or any other car that's not a Tesla, are having to charge into these CCS adapters. And the CCS adapters, frankly, they suck. Um, they break, they're not maintained at all. And, um, I, I, I don't think I've ever heard of a pleasant experience for somebody using these CCS adapters, CCS chargers while they're going down the road. Um, let's see. I think there was a, uh, here we go. This is a fantastic decision. Electrify America is a complete joke especially compared to the supercharger network. And this, this person goes on to show um, how CCS non-Tesla fast charging is a nightmare. But yeah, I mean, for me personally, when I used a Tesla fast, fast charger, it was awesome. I walked up, I pulled it off. I, I did not pull the credit card out of my pocket. I literally walked up, pulled the hose or charger, whatever, stuck it straight into my car. It was done. And then I looked on the screen, it said it was charging at a thousand miles an hour. And so I went in, grabbed a couple of drinks, went to the bathroom, grabbed something to eat, came back out. Couldn't have been 20 minutes later. And honestly, 20 minutes sounds like a lot, but if you're going in just doing your random stuff, 20 minutes goes by just like that when you're in a gas station too. I mean, even if you pull up and you've got an empty tank and you're filling up from zero to 100, you might take eight minutes. Eight minutes on a supercharger at 1,000 miles an hour, that's going to get you a lot of juice that you probably didn't expect to be that much. Um, and so Ford CEO is saying that it was a really good reality check of what our customers are going through and what we're going to have to do to improve the charging experience. Absolutely. I envision a land where, um, the gas stations that exist right now, they'll probably take two, maybe four pumps out and put in two to four superchargers at those points, especially when Ford and others are using 
the uh, the NACS a Tesla charging standard here in the new future. Uh, I I mean honestly, we needed to get to a standardized um, set of charging cables, and this is basically probably the best example, right? He tried to make this big publicity stunt and it failed miserably. Farley said he visited a popular charging depot where there were 40 readily available superchargers, but he didn't get one of those. There were 40 chargers ready to go, but he couldn't use them, at least not yet. He was saying the, uh, the difference was that it was so quick and easy and it really highlighted the difference that nice stations and fast charging can make to the overall difference, right? The overall experience. So let me know in the comments down below. Do you have an EV? Are you charging on CCS or Tesla chargers? Because I can tell you one thing. The charging infrastructure alone should be enough to sway you from anything else over to Tesla until the point where everybody else catches up. So let's take a quick look at the outlier data for Ford. Ooh, we got a big sell signal back on July 17th when it was priced around $14. Now it's priced around 11 and pushing lower. Yeah, I'll tell you the, uh, Ford stock has been totally wrecked recently. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they are, A, we covered on, a, on this, uh, this a few weeks ago that they're losing money on every single uh, vehicle that they sell. Every single electric vehicle they sell, they're losing like $10,000. It's something crazy. It was $4 billion or $2 billion last year in losses, $4 billion this year in losses on their electrical uh, electric vehicle division. And every single vehicle that they sell is losing tons of money and they're going to have to get their act together. Ford is really, really hurting. And looking at the outlier data, you definitely could have had a nice sell signal back when it was about 40% higher than it is today. So that's going to cover our uh, second story of the day. Be sure to hit the like button and let's go to our final story of the day. Final story of the day, Bill or Bond King, Bill Gross warns stocks are dangerously overvalued and predicts an economic slump in the near future. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Anytime you hear the Bond King speak, everyone should listen. <laughs> well, my name is Christopher Yule, and I appreciate you listening to today's Outlier Live. And uh, I love talking about stocks and finding those outlier trades with outsized returns. And if you're interested in that too, be sure to definitely hit the subscribe button down below. And today's episode is sponsored by outlier.com. Go to ovtlyr.com to find out why outliers win. Now, he says that uh, stocks are overvalued and that um, there is an economic slump in the near future. Let's see what it goes on to say here. He says that stocks and long-dated bonds are overpriced and the U.S. economy will slump. Stocks are too pricey relative to risk-free assets. And the PIMCO co-founder expects a delayed impact of interest rate hikes to temper customer spending. Let's talk about interest rate hikes. So when interest rates go down, the price of bond, or I'm sorry, when rates go up, the price of bonds goes down. They have an in, a perfectly inverse correlation. And uh, rates have been going up because the Fed has decided that they're going to raise rates to fight off inflation. Now, why would they do that, right? A great example is to go look on um, Zillow or look on any sort of um, real estate app right now and look at how expensive houses have gotten, okay? Now, keep in mind, interest rates during this time that they've gone up since probably last time we looked, maybe in 2020, maybe in 2019, um, the interest rates have tr nearly tripled. So it costs three times as much to finance that house. The house may have doubled or even tripled during that time. So what would have been, let's call it a $1,000 payment, is now something like a $2,500 payment, which is going to price out tons of buyers who say, I can't afford this. 
I could have afforded it a thousand dollars when the the price was so much less and when interest rates were so much lower. But now that the price has doubled or tripled, interest rates have tripled. This is outside of my price range. I cannot afford this. So, the only way for this to work, the only way for the inventory to move, is for prices to come down. That is exactly how raising rates causes um, inflation to come down. Because if the price of the assets going up, that's inflation. But you can't get any customers when it's price so high. So they're going to have to start bringing the price of the assets down in order to sell them, in order to stimulate some growth in the economy, to make things actually move. So it's not good, right? The whole economy right now is really teetering on an edge. Um, me personally, I'll give you my personal, uh, personal take on this. I think what we're about to see is a rubber band effect. I think what we've seen is that prices have moved too far, too fast on basically every asset out there and nobody can now afford them. I say nobody, but I mean, it's, it's a lot worse than it used to be. Right? So what I think is going to happen is that let's say you're in a neighborhood and five houses are for sale now. Well, when 10 houses get for sale because of life circumstances, the people who are selling the original five, they're going to be scrambling. They're going to say, oh, I can't sell my house for a million dollars anymore. What am I going to do? Well, I'm going to have to lower the price. And so they're going to lower it to 800000 And everybody in the neighborhood, now all 10 houses that they have to compete with, they're going to say, we're going to have to lower our prices too. So now million-dollar houses are now down to 800000 And then when they all are 800000 the buyers are saying to themselves, hmm... If they're lowering prices from a million eight hundred thousand, we could probably stick this out another month or two. But the buyer, I'm sorry, the sellers, they're looking at it like, what are we gonna do? We gotta move our, we gotta go move today. I mean, we're we're late already. We gotta move today, so we're gonna lower our house to seven hundred thousand. So everybody in the neighborhood's gonna lower their house to seven hundred thousand, and then we're gonna have real deflation. And what happens? Which sounds great. It sounds great on paper, but by having deflation. We're going to be having a, uh, 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 an economy that's basically shut down. We're going to be having mass layoffs. We're going to be having um, all of these consumers saying, I'm not buying today. Prices are coming down. Why? I'm going to hold this out a couple of weeks or so, maybe, maybe a couple months. Prices are coming down. People are getting laid off because the companies can't sell at the same volume that they were. And then it's a whole spiral downward negative impact thing. And I think that actually may be what's going to happen. I hope not. But I don't think the soft landing that they're wanting is going to happen. I think there's going to be a huge rubber band effect, and uh, that's not going to be quite so good. Now, let's take a look at the outlier data on the S&P 500. Yeah, S&P 500, we got a sell signal back on June 23rd, and it's definitely, definitely starting to catch up. And the uh, the market has really, really been taking it on the chin lately. Um, and, you know, you would have known that ahead of time had you taken a look at the outlier data, which is a publicly available for you over at outlier.com. So don't get too scared, but do be sure to uh, keep your eye on what's going on out there and keep an eye on the outlier data. It'll tell you what's going on out there um, a lot easier than trying to uh, follow every single person, to follow every single Bond King, to follow every single Reddit post. You can just follow outlier.com. So thank you all so much for coming to today's Outlier Live. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and the like button down below because we want to make sure that we are taking care of you and giving you all the actionable information to help you find out, find out how outliers win. Thank you so much for coming to today's Outlier Live and I'll see you on the next episode.